Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. If your child is struggling in school, then IXL is right for your family. IXL is an online learning program for kids that covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. Backed by research, kids using IXL are scoring higher on tests. It's no wonder it's used in 95% of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Plus, a month of IXL costs less than an hour of tutoring. Get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when you sign up today at IXL.com 20. Visit IXL.com 20 to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. So lately you've heard the word indictment and also the term RICO a lot. You might be wondering what those words actually mean. Here at home, we could know as early as next week whether the Fulton County DA will seek indictments against Mr. Trump and his allies in their efforts to overturn his 2020 election loss here in Georgia. DA Fonnie Willis is widely expected to bring state racketeering or RICO charges against the former president and others in his inner circle. Even though this is a fourth indictment, this is why many people say this is the, the biggest deal of all of them, correct? Yes, this is the biggest deal because of the reach of Georgia's RICO charge. You're listening to Civics 101. I'm Nick Capodice. I'm Hannah McCarthy. And today we are talking about RICO. Quick hit, get in, get out, get a t-shirt. If you don't know what RICO is, you're going to know by the end of this episode. Okay, so Nick, I have been following the indictments of Donald Trump And I know a little bit about the term RICO charge, but I would really like a deeper dive on this. There's probably a lot of people out there who aren't familiar with what a RICO charge is. And it is relevant today, for those who haven't heard, because Donald Trump and 18 other people were indicted for RICO charges in August of 2023. So first off... RICO is an acronym, isn't it? Yes, it is. And it's an acronym because you can say it as a new word like scuba or radar. Like if you say the letters A-A-R-P, that's an initialism, technically. You never fail to sneak that in, do you? Nope. Never miss a chance to be a pedant, Hannah. RICO stands for the Racketeering Influenced and Corrupt Organizations Act. RICO statute federally was passed in 1970. So before that... What was going on or what was described as going on in the U.S. then and what was a problem was the power of organized crime. This is Miles Rainier. I am currently a civil litigator in Lake Charles, Louisiana, but for eight years I was a federal prosecutor in the Eastern District of Louisiana in New Orleans. And when Miles was a federal prosecutor, he handled some RICO prosecutions. Okay, so why did we need to make a whole new act just to deal with organized crime specifically? What prosecutors were facing was um, organized crime exists, um, but they really don't have any tools to to prosecute it. And what I mean is you could imagine, you know, picture the, the kind of first half of Goodfellas, right? And Jimmy Two Times, who got that nickname because he said everything twice, like... I'm gonna go get the papers, get the papers. 1950s, 1960s New York, and, you know, you have a business owner who is being uh, shook down uh, in a racket, 
right? You've heard of a, a racket, a protection racket. Well, that's where racketeering comes from. A protection racket, as in, say, a mob boss asks a bunch of local businesses to pay them for, quote, protection, when it's really more like, pay me or I'll smash your windows. Exactly. But prosecutors' hands are tied because they have basically, you know, a guy threatening to beat up another guy is what, maybe an assault? Uh, You know, maybe New York at that time had an extortion law, but the penalties for that were probably not very good. The only person who could be charged would be sort of a a low-level mobster and not some upper uh, head of a criminal organization. And to even prosecute it, you would need the guy who's being shook down to come into court and testify. And that's probably not in his long-term interest uh, or something he's going to really want to do. So the prosecutor's hands are tied. So this is that famous movie trope of the bottom-rung henchman taking the fall for the boss, and then that other trope of the witness not wanting to testify because it was very dangerous to do so. Were you at any time a member of a crime organization headed by Michael Corleone? I don't know nothing about that. Yeah, those tropes. I didn't know no Godfather. I love movies with those tropes. I can't help it. Partly because they seem so antiquated. You you don't hear a lot of stories of Goodfellas or Godfather-style organized crime these days. But it was rampant in the U.S. in the 50s, 60s, and 70s. Obviously, having a very powerful organized crime unchecked is, is bad for democracy, bad for society, and, and creates all these sort of negative corollaries. So in 1969, the U.S. Congress passes the RICO statute, and it's a, a very good tool for prosecutors in cases that are a little more complicated. One in the number of participants, the number of you know potential defendants or, or co-conspirators that are involved. Two, the number of crimes being committed. You know, even though they may be small crimes like a, 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 a repeated assaults or repeated thefts or whatever, uh, there are a lot of them that are occurring. And if they're sort of people, a hierarchy in, a, in an enterprise uh, that you may not be able to a- attack in a traditional way, you can do it using a RICO statute. You know, it gives you the tools and enables you to combine all those individual acts against individual defendants and, into one uh, indictment and one charge uh, against a big group. Okay, so it's a way to take down a criminal organization. Wrapping up a bunch of charges, small or big, and tying them into one bundle to prosecute. Yeah. What's the potential punishment for someone found guilty of a RICO charge? Federally, you could face a sentence from anywhere to zero to 20 years. However, if the the RICO statute involved more serious crimes like murder, uh, the, the sentence is potentially up to life. Uh, but generally, zero to 20 years. And I think in Georgia, the sentence is five to 20 years. So there are federal RICO charges, but also state ones? Yeah, there are some famous federal RICO cases like U.S. v. Barger, which was a failed attempt by the U.S. government to take down the Hells Angels in 1979, or the Chicago outfit in 2005, when five members of the mob were successfully convicted under RICO charges. And also... 33 states have RICO laws. These are often used in cases involving gang activity, but a, quote, corrupt organization does not necessarily apply to what we think of as organized crime. 
the the what you have to prove uh, is an enterprise, and uh, an enterprise uh, can include formal and informal organizations. It could be a corporation. That's obvious, right? A partnership, uh, uh, some sort of legally declared association a group of people who associate with one another and we're working towards a, a common goal and, and using crimes to commit that goal. In, an enterprise can be, you know, totally legitimate or legal, uh, but it can also be illegal. So, you know, uh, 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 a group of guys uh, meeting to play pickup basketball, you know, could qualify as a an enterprise, you know, uh, but if they also were selling drugs or, you know, shaking down, uh, uh, you know, the, the corner store, then, you know, could, could graduate to a, a criminal enterprise. There's one other civil RICO case I got to bring up here. It's from 2013. Uh, this is a case that makes me, when someone asks, what's up with the Donald Trump RICO case, reply, which one? Wait, Donald Trump has been charged in a RICO case before? Yeah, he has indeed. Art Cohen versus Donald Trump was going to be heard in the U.S. District Court for the Southern District of California. Uh, Art Cohen had enrolled in the so-called Trump University. At Trump University, we teach success. That's what it's all about, success. It's going to happen to you. Which he said had promised mentorships and real estate secrets and delivered, quote, neither Donald Trump nor a university. End quote. Now, this case was settled for $25 million shortly after Trump took office. Wow. Uh, Okay, so now I want to get to Georgia, to the 2023 indictment of Donald Trump and others. What specifically are the RICO charges there? I'm going to lay it all out and some things Miles told me to watch out for right after this break. But first, you know what's not a corrupt organization? Oh, goodness, Anna. We aren't! I mean, I'm not talking about the potential corruption of your soul, Nick. I have played my share of cards and dice, Anna. But Civics 101 is a listener-supported show utterly devoid of graft, and we rely on that support. Consider making a tax-deductible donation in any amount at our website, civics101podcast.org. Hey there, everyone. Hey, folks. The whole Civics 101 team is here in D.C. for a week. That's why you hear cars and stuff whizzing by. Uh, We are in the district to talk to the people that we talk about on a daily basis. And a lot of those people work in the executive branch. That is the largest employer in the world. And a lot of those people work in the civil service where, after the assassination of James Garfield, it's a long story, they take an exam to make sure that they are the right person for their job. But if you run a business and you're not the federal government... The best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all, but to match instead with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. 23 hires are made on Indeed every minute, and their matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use it, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com civics. Just go to Indeed.com slash civics right now to support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash civics. Terms and conditions apply. You need to hire. You need Indeed. If your child is struggling in school, then IXL is right for your family. 
IXL is an online learning program for kids that covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. Backed by research, kids using IXL are scoring higher on tests. It's no wonder it's used in 95% of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Plus, a month of IXL costs less than an hour of tutoring. Get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when you sign up today at IXL.com 20. Visit IXL.com 20 to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. We're back. We're talking about RICO here on Civics 101. And Nick, you were just about to jump into the RICO charges against Donald Trump and 18 others in Georgia. I was indeed. On August 15th, 2023, 23 jurors, that is the maximum amount you can have in a grand jury, voted unanimously, as you have to do, to indict someone to indeed indict Donald Trump and 18 others under Georgia's RICO law. The indictment is 98 pages. There are 41 counts. The first count is a violation of the RICO Act, and it lists 161 acts of racketeering. Now, I am not going to read them, but you should, dear listener, though I do want to hear the introduction of the indictment. It's about as plain as you can get. Hannah, would you read it for the class? Sure will. Here we go. Quote, Defendant Donald John Trump lost the United States presidential election held on November 3, 2020. One of the states he lost was Georgia. Trump and the other defendants charged in this indictment refused to accept that Trump lost, and they knowingly and willfully joined a conspiracy to unlawfully change the outcome of the election in favor of Trump. That conspiracy contained a common plan and purpose to commit two or more acts of racketeering activity in Fulton County, Georgia, elsewhere in the state of Georgia, and in other states. Thank you, Hannah. You're welcome. I just want to clarify, the 161 acts are part of that RICO charge. That seems like an awful lot. They are indeed. They're part of that one charge, and it does seem like a lot. You don't always see such a long list of specific acts outlined in an indictment. But that could be part of a legal strategy. Here's Miles Rainier again, former federal prosecutor and currently a civil litigator. There, there's a couple philosophies but behind including all these overt acts in, in an indictment. One is, you know, it, it makes a great read, right? So if you go through and read this indictment, there is all sorts of scandalous uh, allegations uh, that, that are now out in the public. So in some ways, instead of the prosecutors having to defend themselves and explain, they could have charged a, a four-page indictment that said so-and-so committed, uh, you know, violated the Georgia RICO statute, and here are the crimes that are committed, and not listed all those overt acts. And it just leads the, the public uh, to say, well, do they have any evidence? You know, is there, what do they have? But by listing, you know, these 140 or 100-something overt acts, it, it kind of, one, tells a story, uh, you know, and two, lays out, hey, here's all the evidence we have. And then three, strategically, it kind of guarantees or, or at least makes it 
that a judge is much more likely to allow those events to be discussed uh, because they are contained in the indictment. They were kind of reviewed by a, a, a grand jury uh, as opposed to not listing them. And then you're sort of fighting with every event you want to introduce about whether it's relevant, whether it's, you know, prejudicial and, and a judge can say, I don't know if I'm going to let that in. I asked Miles, why Rico, you know, and he made it clear. He did not want to opine on anything political whatsoever with us, but he did give a purely legal hypothesis on why a prosecutor might use RICO in a case like this. You know, it looks like from their perspective that they saw uh, that a lot of crimes had been committed, uh, that these crimes were committed in furtherance uh, of a sort of common goal Um, that these crimes were committed by dozens of people uh, who themselves were committing, you know, hundreds of acts uh, to commit these crimes in furtherance of this common goal. And so in in light of that, RICO is the ideal statute in in these types of, of situations to use in terms of being effective for prosecutors. Based on the charges contained in the indictment, you've got Uh, making false statements, impersonating a public officer, uh, forgery, filing false documents, influencing witnesses, computer theft, computer trespass, defrauding the state, regular trespass, regular theft, you know, so that's about 10 or a dozen criminal statutes that they've alleged have been violated. I, I can see why procedurally RICO was a good fit if the prosecutors believed that these crimes had been committed. So I'm getting that a RICO charge is a special, powerful kind of charge in that it can encapsulate many other charges. Does it differ in other ways from the typical court process? What do you mean? Like, can you change your plea for a lesser sentence? Can you appeal the decision, all that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You can. Uh, Or you can settle like Trump did in his other RICO case. Same as usual. And this is actually one of the things Miles told us to watch out for in the coming months. You can plead out, you can, you know, and if you look at the certain indictments, you'll see a lot of stuff about unindicted co-conspirator, you know, that that defendant X did this with unindicted co-conspirator, and that can, you know, you can start asking some questions. One, why is he unindicted? Or why is she unindicted? Uh, Did they just not have enough evidence? Did, you know, the, the prosecutors just say, hey, we have to cut this thing off at a certain point. We can't indict 200 people, so we're just going to focus on the top 30. Uh, or is that unindicted co-conspirator a cooperating witness? You know, that the, they themselves are appearing in the grand jury and providing a, a lot of this information uh, that is now contained in the indictment. Who are these unindicted co-conspirators? Are they going to pop up as witnesses later? You know, do the... The people who are charged, are they reading the indictment being, oh, that's so-and-so, you know, that that, that rascal, you know, I can't believe he, he you know, became a, a state's witness or, you know, so, yeah, the, the, those are the little inside baseball when, you know, you're kind of reading these things. And another little snippet of inside baseball that Miles told me about was one of the difficulties with RICO cases. They can take a long, long time. Look, I will say, you know, in an indictment that long with that many people, trying this case could take months. And I say that because I know in Atlanta right now, there is a gang prosecution 
associated with a record label. Uh, and it's the, there's a rapper charged named Young Thug. And occasionally, just out of curiosity, I'll, I'll Google the case or see what's going on with it. And it has been going on for, I want to say, at least six months. And, you know, looks like it may last, you know, a year. So if this thing does go to trial, it, it, it sounds like it could last a very long time. There's just a lot of procedural things you have to do when you have a dozen defendants or 20 defendants sitting in a court. Each one of their lawyers has an opportunity to be heard on every objection or every point of evidence, and it just can create an incredible amount of delay. Each one of those defendants' lawyers would have an opportunity to cross-examine a witness. Uh, so, you know, instead of one or two cross-examinations, you're getting 20 to, to, if there are 30 people in the trial, 30. So that would be a downside of RICO, right? And that would be a downside of the, these kind of sprawling gang indictments or, or criminal enterprise indictments is if they end up going to trial and, and you know, nobody pleads out, you could be in court for a year. Uh, and, and it's just an incredible drain on the court's resources, on the prosecutor's resources, uh, on the defendants themselves. You know, uh, the, you might start uh, um, coming up on, on speedy trial rights and, and, you know, things like that when, when, you know, something is this complicated and big to move around. Last thing, Nick, there are 19 alleged conspirators total. And of course, Donald Trump is the most mentioned in the news. But I've also seen a lot of attention paid to Rudy Giuliani specifically. What's going on there? It's not ironic, technically, but you might call it a little bit of situational irony. Yes, you know, so Giuliani cut his teeth as a U.S. attorney, you know, a federal prosecutor in Southern District of New York. You know, one of the most prestigious offices uh, uh, of the U.S. attorneys and the Department of Justice. Uh, and Giuliani was famous for taking on and defeating uh, the Italian organized crime and mafia in New York and using this very statute to uh, attack them and take them out. Of course, we're going to have to attack it as a business, not just as individual crime. We have followed up with civil RICO cases. There will be some point in the future in which we will really destroy the power of the mafia. And so it, it's certainly... Um, ironic or, you know, sad or bitter, depending on how you look at things that, you know, he is now himself someone who used this and may have been sort of a pioneer in using it or or certainly who wielded it very effectively against, you know, pernicious influence in in society uh, has now been, you know, charged with violating or at least the the Georgia version of the statute. Uh, Okay, I see. It's ironic but only by Alanis Morissette's definition. Did you know the only ironic thing in the song Ironic is that none of the things in it are ironies? Yeah, Nick, I guess that is ironic. Don't you think? An attorney general turned 79 Use Rico constantly to fight organized crime Took down the five families as a prosecutor, now he's been charged as a co-conspirator. Isn't it situationally ironic? Don't you think? A little bit more of a coincidence than an irony. Yeah, and I really do think it's like rain.
on your wedding day It's a free ride When you've already paid It's good advice But you just didn't take And who would have thought it figured Well, that's Rico with the many apologies to Alanis Morissette. Alanis Morissette, you are a super rock star soloist. You're good to the max. This episode was made by me, Nick Capodice, with you, Hannah McCarthy. Christina Phillips is our senior producer, and Rebecca Lavoie, our executive producer, and so much more. Special thanks go out to my lawyer sister, Cammie, for helping me out on this one. This is a song by Nongdo. I love it. In the rest of the episode, we had music by Scott Holmes, Scan Globe, Scott McLeod, Lobo Loco, The New Fools, Mo Life, Fabian Tell, Eden Avery, El Flaco Collective, Ben Elson, Ryan James Cars, Sarah the Instrumentalist, Chad Crouch, and my favorite enterprise musically, Chris Zabriskie. Civics 101 is a production of NHPR, New Hampshire Public Radio. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today.